Welcome to Praying on Purpose. Well, today is Tuesday, and on Tuesday we focus on the how of prayer. We take a look at the methods and the procedure and the mechanics of daily prayer, focusing not only on what we say or why we say it, but really on a very practical level, the how. And I hope you'll allow me for today to digress for a moment, and instead of focusing on the how of prayer, to focus on the how as it relates to a particular mitzvah, the mitzvah of Hadlakas Ner Hanukkah. Of course, today, being the second day of Hanukkah, would be a most opportune time to take a look at the mitzvah that we are going to be performing for an entire week from now, and to think about how we are doing what we are doing. What can we understand about this mitzvah when we take a look at the method and the mechanics of this particular mitzvah? So it's very clear from Chazal that there is one overarching goal when it comes to the mitzvah of Hadlakas Ner Hanukkah, and that is a concept known as Pursumi Nisa. Chazal have directed us to do the mitzvah in a manner which broadcasts the message that we are trying not merely to perform a mitzvah which conveys a certain message internally to the one who is performing the mitzvah. That is not sufficient. When it comes to the mitzvah, Adlakas Ner Hanukkah, it is essential that others observe what is happening and learn something from that observation. They walk away having seen something which tells a story which describes a certain narrative. Persumenisa is so important, is so essential to this mitzvah, that virtually every aspect of the mitzvah seems to be defined by that objective. So, for example, where do we light the Ner Hanukkah? So the truth of the matter is, this is something which has evolved over the course of Jewish history, but Chazal tell us that the initial Takanas Chazal, when the mitzvah of the Hanukkah was first instituted, so the proper place was to be in the doorway, mibachutz, outside, that a person would light the Ner Hanukkah at a place that it would be visible, not only to people in the home, but perhaps more importantly to people outside of the home. Today it is more common in most places to light indoors, but even there we light in the window, because we want people to see, and ideally we're going to light by a window that faces the street. Chazal tell us that one may not light the Ner Hanukkah if it is higher than 20 amos from the ground, because the assumption is that when a person is walking, 20 amos, which is approximately 30 feet, is going to be out of the normal range of vision. So therefore, if I'm walking down the street, unless I'm looking upwards intentionally, I'm not going to just see a candle that is very, very high out of my range of vision. And so therefore, we see that the place of the Ner Hanukkah reminds us that this is a mitzvah that has to project a certain message. What is the proper time to light the mitzvah of Ner Hanukkah? See, here as well, Chazal tell us optimally, it should be done in the early part of the evening and on the later end until the point where people are no longer in the street. Now again, my intention today is not necessarily to focus on specific times as much as the concept. Chazal tell us we light the candles because when people go indoors and there are no longer going to be any passers-by in the street, so no one's going to see it. And if people cannot see the Ner Hanukkah, well, then I will not have been able to achieve the real objective. There are many situations that the Gemara tells us that a person performs the mitzvah in a way that is disqualified for the purpose of the mitzvah. Why? Because one who is seeing what I'm doing will not understand 
it, it will not be evident, it will not be obvious at all that I'm doing this for the purpose of the mitzvah. So, for example, the Gemara says that if a person holds the Nerchanika in their hand their entire time, so I'd light, I'd light the Nerchanika and I just stand there. I stand in the proper place. I stand in the doorway of my house and I stand there for the entire Zmana mitzvah. Says the Gemara, this is not a, an acceptable way to perform the mitzvah. Why? Because Haroa Omer, because if a person observes this, he will say, it must be that the person lit the candle for their own need, their own use. It looks like the person is maybe, I don't know, maybe lost something. He's holding a candle just so he could see. And so therefore we see that all of these laws are designed to create a mitzvah that is effective in promoting a message. We want people to see it. We want as many people to see it as possible. We want there to be a true pure sumhanes, a publicizing of this miracle, because the purpose of this mitzvah is that people should see and they should walk away, having been moved by that experience. So with that in mind, there is one halacha, which is recorded in the Gemara, and then codified in Halacha and Shulchan Aruch, which would seem on the surface to completely run contrary to everything that we just described. The Gemara has a very interesting question as to what happens if one lights the Hanukkah properly, they do so in the proper time, in the proper place, and all precautions were taken to see to it that the Hanukkah would burn for the prescribed period of time, and because of circumstances completely beyond one's control, and somebody did not see this coming, the candles go out. So one case that we could discuss is I light the candles and I put them in the proper place and some some of the kids are playing in the house and a ball gets thrown in the direction of their Hanukkah and it crashes into the menorah and the candles become extinguished. Thankfully, nobody got hurt. There was no fire. But unfortunately, the candles burned for only a minute or two. That was it. And they didn't burn for longer. That is the case that the Gemara describes as kavsa. The candles go out. So what is the halacha if the candles go out? What happens if they did not burn long at all? If they did not burn for the necessary period of time? I lit it properly. So what's the halacha? Says the Gemara, Kavsa, Eina, Zakakla. In this case, the individual, the madlik, the one who lit the Nerchanaka, is not required to rekindle the candles. If they go out, they go out. And the Gemara explains this because of the concept of Hadlaka Osa Mitzvah. Because if a person lit the candles in the way that they are supposed to be lit, so the fact of the matter is, he did his part. And if something happens later and the candles go out, well, you know what? That's not something which compromises the integrity of the mitzvah that I did. I performed the mitzvah properly. Something happened subsequently. Well, the halacha is that I would still get the mitzvah and I am not required to light the candles again. Now, it would seem on the surface that that halacha would seem to undermine the entire purpose of the mitzvah. If, in fact, as we've said, the purpose of this mitzvah is persuminisa, that we want to really maximize the reach of this mitzvah. We want people to see it. And so, therefore, we want it to be burning for a certain period of time, to be in a certain place, so as many eyes as possible can see these candles. So then, why would Chazal simply say, well, you lit it, you did your part, and the candles go out, they go out. It's not your problem anymore. You don't have to fix it. Why not? These candles should be burning for another half hour, maybe longer, another hour, two hours. Let more people see it. After all, isn't this all about pursuing Nisa? And I think that the lesson that we can take away from here, there's probably a lot that we can reflect on, is that you're right. The purpose of this mitzvah is 
pursuing Nisa. It is to broadcast the message to as many people as possible. However, at the same time, Chazal are reminding us that in life, we can only do what we can do, so much and no more. It is true that I, I had attempted and I would have wanted very much for these candles to burn for a substantial period of time so many people could see them. That was my goal. That was my objective. That's what I planned for. But you know what? In life, we cannot always control everything around us. And there are times that we do our best and then something else happens. And Chazal reminding us in this halacha of kafsa Zakakla, that even though, even though it is so important, it is so paramount to this mitzvah that we try to be mefarsi mesanes, if we do our part and something else interferes in that process, it does not undermine all of our efforts. What comes to mind is the Mishnah Perkyavos, which tells us, that it is not considered to be my personal responsibility to finish every job in the world. The reality is that there are many tasks, there are many projects in the world that simply require more manpower than I could provide. I don't necessarily have the skills, I don't have the resources, I don't have the time, I don't have the training, I don't have the experience to be able to go ahead and finish the malacha. However, the Mishnah says, Just because you can't finish it doesn't absolve you of the responsibility to engage in that very act. It's true. It is not your job to finish. However, it is your job to start. It is your job to engage in this process. And the fact that I cannot see it through to fruition doesn't absolve me. That does not excuse me of my obligation to try my best. And so therefore, the mitzvah of which is designed by its very essence to be one which is going to facilitate a pursue nisa, in this situation where I do all that I can do and circumstances beyond my control compromise all that I worked for, it doesn't matter. We say, Hadlaka Osa Mitzvah. You did your part, you lit it, and that is okay. I think that it is possible that this message is one which is particularly appropriate on Hanukkah. You know, when you think about it, when the, as the Gemara tells us, when they, they came back into the Heichal and they looked and they couldn't find any pure oil and then they found one Pach Shemen. So the question which you could ask is, why did they, why did they light it in the first place? There was simply not enough oil to burn for the amount of time that they needed. And so therefore, what motivated them to even start something that they knew they couldn't finish? And, and the answer, and this is something which is an idea which is echoed in the writings of the Beis HaLevi, is because they were eager at that time to do all that they could do. They understood, or at least they believed, that they would not be able to see this through. They understood that ultimately there was only so much they can do and no more. But that did not in any way whatsoever discourage them from doing their part. Even fighting the Ivanim, even engaging in a military effort in which they were greatly outnumbered. And the truth of the matter is, they could not, they should not have expected to have the great miraculous victory which they did. But nevertheless, they engaged in that effort because they understood that in life, we need to do our part. We need to do the best that we can. We cannot control many things that are out of our control, but we can and we should in life try to do the best we can do. And so therefore, it could very well be that this message uh, comes through very, very loud and clear in the way that Chazal tell us, it's true, it's true. 
you have to really try to perform the mitzvah in a way that is going to be mafarsim misanes. But ultimately, kafsa enozakukla. If the candle goes out, if the lights are extinguished, it is not going to be your responsibility to fix it because it is understood that in life sometimes we can only do what we can do so much and no more. And so therefore, I do think when we focus on the how-to of the mitzvah Adlakas Ner Hanukkah, there's an incredible message, one that is relevant not only for the eight days of Hanukkah, but in every day of our life, that we should remember, as Chazal tell us, it is not necessarily our responsibility to fix everything, to finish everything, to see every project through from beginning to end, but at the same time, we are not excused from participating in the effort altogether. We have to try. We have to try to do our best. And if we do, our efforts will be successful. On some level, we will succeed. Whether we will succeed in every way that we had wanted to, whether we will truly finish the project that we started, or maybe we'll only get it started, regardless, we will have succeeded in doing the best that we can do. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful day. And a Hanukkah Oh